Hey everyone, I'm Megan Teets, and this is Extra Awesome, a series of bonus episodes from Sorta Awesome designed to bring even more awesome into your life. This is a special edition of Extra Awesome. This week, we're bringing you a super-sized, in-depth look at the Broadway musical Hamilton. I'm joined by my dear friend, Tish Oxenreiter. She's the creator of the Art of Simple.net, as well as the podcast, The Simple Show. And like me, she is a huge fan of Hamilton. In this Extra Awesome, we'll talk about the musical itself, the magic of the music, along with our favorite characters and songs. And then later in the show, we'll discuss why the fans of Hamilton are so fanatical about it and why this Broadway musical is so important in the context of our current culture. We have so many thoughts to share on Hamilton, so let's get right to the show. Hello, awesomes. Welcome back to Extra Awesome. I have to tell you all, I am so excited about this week's edition of Extra Awesome. I've been looking forward to this one for weeks now. I have my dear friend, Tish Oxenreiter here. She is the creator of The Art of Simple, The Simple Show podcast. We've been friends for a long time. And one thing that we have been bonding over lately is the Broadway musical Hamilton. So Tish, welcome to the show. Yay, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So excited. I'm actually like giddy right now. So So although this is extra awesome, which are generally some shorter bonus episodes, I have to prepare you that this one might go a little bit long because I think Tish and I have a lot of words to say about Hamilton. It might. Sorry. (laughs) So if you are not familiar with the Broadway musical Hamilton, let me give you a little insight into what it is we're going to be talking about today. Hamilton is a Tony Award winning Broadway musical. It's written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, and it's about the life of one of the United States founding fathers, Alexander Hamilton. It traces his life from being born to an unwed mother in the West Indies, to becoming George Washington's right-hand man, to his untimely and too early death in a duel with Aaron Burr. Now, if you are not familiar at all with the music of Hamilton, you can find it easily in a couple of places. First of all, you can buy the original cast recording, the album of that, which is also a Grammy Award winner, by the way. You can buy that on iTunes. Also, you can listen to it on Spotify. And if you're an Amazon Prime member, it's also available in Amazon Prime Music. And the great thing about Hamilton is that the entire story, the narrative of the whole story is told in the songs of the musical. So you do not have to have seen the stage presentation of it. Neither Tish nor I have. There are thousands of people who are fans of the show who have never seen it on stage. So don't let that stop you from experiencing Hamilton. You can easily follow the story from start to finish. And I have to tell you, Tish, when I first listened, I actually just pulled up the Wikipedia page. And wherever there were a couple of places where I was like, huh, I'm not 100% sure I understand what's going on here. I could just look at Wikipedia and it fills in lots of blanks for you. Yeah. And you know what you said about it being a full length. uh, I don't remember the official term. I've heard it being called a rock opera, this sort of thing where um, the entire thing is sung. Um, Whenever I heard that that was the case, that's what compelled me to start listening because I was afraid hearing all this chatter about a musical thinking, well, I haven't seen it. So I'm okay. Maybe the music's good. But that's what compelled me to actually dive deep into it. You know, absolutely. Yes, I was the same way. I, I saw lots of buzz 
coming up around it. And I thought, well, man, that's kind of a bummer because it's kind of one of those things you can only experience if you have access to Broadway, which Lord knows plenty of us don't. Right. Yeah. But so speaking of Broadway and the many awards that the show has won, just recently, the Tony Awards for 2016 were held and Hamilton kind of swept up a lot of them. They Mm -hmm. that show won best musical, best book of a musical, best original score. Davi Diggs won the featured actor in a musical. Leslie Odom Jr., whom I adore, won for lead actor in a musical. Um, Renee Elise Goldsberry won featured actress. And of course, the rewards for the directors, for the choreography, costuming, even lighting, all of those technical awards. I think a total of 11. Yes. Yeah. And they literally could not have won all that they were nominated for because there were some categories where they were all nominated against each other, which like tore my heart. Like, oh, so sad, yet awesome, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, for the first time ever, I have never done this before, and I've been on Twitter sort of on and off half-heartedly for years, but I jumped on Twitter while the Tonys were going on live, and Tish, you were on there as well. It was so fun to get to experience the Tony Awards as they were happening all together. In fact, also in our sort of awesome Hangout group, somebody started a thread, and we kind of accidentally watched together in the Hangout group as well with people weighing in with their comments and their excitement. So that was so fun. I've never done an awards show that way. Have you? Yeah, I've done a few. I did. um, I've done the Grammys a few years ago. I've done the Oscars, but not I don't I'm not like a consistent person who like shows up for award shows, just the ones I care about, you know, if they're particular movies or musicians I'm interested in. And I think the reason it's so fun is because you you get the epitome of the nerds, you know, all together in one room. And you could totally nerd together and not worry about being one of these people who keeps talking about it. And others are like, yeah, that's great. But we have other things to talk about. (laughs) No, this is a live thing happening right in front of us. We are all invested in it right now. And so it's sort of the best time ever to geek out on something you really are passionate about. And this is the first time I've ever done that with the Tonys. The Tonys have always been a little bit of a hit or miss for me. Like, watch it if I'm in the mood. You know, I liked some of the presenters in the past. Um, But I don't know. I didn't care nearly as much as I have this year with Hamilton. So it was a fun excuse. It really was. It really was. James Corden hosted and it was just it was the perfect awards show the way it was all put together. So that was so fun. I have to ask you a little bit about your own history, so to speak, with Hamilton. I'm curious, where did you first hear about it? Were you an an immediate like, did you get on board with it immediately? Or did you resist it a little bit at first? Tell me a little bit about your personal experience with it. So as I mentioned before, I didn't jump in right away because I wasn't sure, you know, not being in New York, not being right in the thick of Broadway, I didn't know if it was for me or not. But the first place I heard about it, I think was Facebook, okay. you know, where I would just see some people start linking to it. And I thought, hmm, interesting. One friend of mine in particular is a, a history teacher, ah. and then she's now getting her PhD in history. So she's always my go-to history, government, politics kind of person. Right. And I kept seeing her link again and again and again to it. And, you know, you have those certain people on social media that you just trust and after a while, you think, okay, this wouldn't be interesting if someone else posted it, but because it's you, I'll just click to, yes. click to it. So that's who she is for me. And I just started reading about it and thinking, huh, this is interesting, and I can appreciate it from afar, but there was a wall there until the album was released. Sure, you know? yes. I could watch clips on YouTube here and there, but I didn't get a sense of the continuity of the musical, the chronological order of the musical, and so it didn't it didn't really meet me on a personal level until it was released. And I started listening to it on Spotify. And I've heard this from a lot of people. You don't really get how amazing this thing is until you just sit down and listen to the album from start to finish. Absolutely. Yes. You know, and that's when people's lives are changed when they listen to it and they think, oh my goodness, this is not just, um, 
This is not just a typical Broadway musical. This is not just rap. And that was honestly another wall for me. I appreciate almost every type of music, but rap is pretty unfamiliar territory for me. Sure. And I did not want to be one of these people who like, you know, I'm not in that world and suddenly I'm all in that world. Right. It's about something like American history. I just felt almost felt like I wasn't not that I wasn't allowed, but maybe that it wasn't for uh, you or or just, you know, who am I to be be into this when I'm not otherwise into musical or or musicals or rap. But um, that's definitely not (laughs) Lin-Manuel's premise at all. He wrote this for everyone. There's even an article that just came out recently. No, it's not an article. It's a Facebook post. Someone talked about introducing it to their taxi driver, the soundtrack. I don't know if you read this. No, I have not. Okay, I'll send the link. But (laughs) he talks about how this is why it should have won all the Tonys it did, like why Mm -hmm. it was, you know, a legitimate winner. And he talked about how he introduced this to – he had a long hour and a half taxi ride. And so he – Yeah, he started playing it for his taxi driver, and the taxi driver's mind was just blown. And he was saying, you know, he learned so much more about history, his own his own American history, in just those few, you know, the hour long it took to listen to it all, hour and a half, than he ever had in his entire life. And that's kind of how I felt. It's not so much I I didn't know American history, but it suddenly rekindled an interest, a passion, you know. I and I've since like read so many things about these people that I never would have normally read about, you know. Totally. I never would have known who the Schuyler sisters were. Right. Even Peggy, who has an amazing side story of her own that's not even covered in the music. Right, right. <laughs> she's like um, married one of the wealthiest guys like ever. Yes. American and she history. saved like her niece or a baby cousin or something from attacking marauders in their house, like dodged a hatchet wow. <laughs> to save this baby. I don't know. There's so much. There's so many different really uh, ways that I have learned about American history through this musical for sure. I'm the same way in that, I mean, I actually, I have a long history with loving musical theater. I had memorized the entire cast album of the Phantom of the Opera when I was, you know, (laughs) like in middle school. I just, I have always been a musical nerd for sure. But I also felt like, man, I, I like to be able to picture and see what's happening in addition to being able to appreciate the music. And so I had first heard of it through the Two Bossy Dames newsletter, which I've been a subscriber of for a long time. And I always, I trust their taste implicitly. And they were, Mm. they were just like, over the top excited about all things Hamilton. And so I, it piqued my interest. But Tish, I also have this weird, weird thing, you maybe can relate to this, I'm not sure, where I don't like something that's wildly popular. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of sad, really. Like, if something's on it's the New York terrible. Times bestseller, I almost won't read it because it's of that. So, terrible. Yes. It's why I watched Lost from start to finish after the finale. It's why I read Harry Potter as an adult. Yep. <laughs> I have this weird thing where I'm really resistant towards something that's really so, so popular in culture. <laughs> so. It's like we're accidental hipsters. It's like... Oh, we're those people. Exactly. (laughs) I know. Exactly. I do have to say that once I started listening to the music, and I will say this too, because I've heard a couple of people, especially we talk about it in the Sort of Awesome Hangout group a lot. There've been a few people who've been like, y'all, I'm I'm trying and I'm trying to give Hamilton a chance. I just, I'm not getting it. Mm -hmm. I have to say for me, and I think the experience a lot of people is the more you listen to it, the more you love it because there's so many layers to appreciate the more you listen. And you kind of mentioned the fact that it's sort of known for and sort of sold as this rap, hip hop version of American history. But I have to say too, Lemon Miranda is a 
stunning genius. And there are songs in the musical that are not, it's not just rap and hip hop, although that certainly drives the show, but there's like Beyonce inspired songs. There are traditional show tunes, like the room yep. where it happens is classic Broadway show tune. Yep. This was in the room where it happened, the room where it happened, the room where it happened. No one really knows how the game is played, the art of the trade, how the sausage gets made. We just assume that it happens. When else is in the room where it happens. You have King George III singing You'll Be Back, which is this very Beatles, monkeys-inspired 60s, I know. you know, lost love anthem. So there is truly something for everyone musically in the really. show. And if you look, if you are a nerd like me who really likes to know the meaning behind things before you appreciate it, there's so much out there to look into. Like genius, you know, the yes. genius thing. Uh-huh. Um, that is the best. I actually pulled it up one time and just listened to the soundtrack reading through genius. Mm-hmm. And Lin-Manuel is on there a lot and he highlights what he meant by things. And there's like multiple w- walls he breaks through yes. that I would have never in a million years known. You know, it is for sure the annotation, yes. the behind the scenes, the making of the musical where yes. he will explain things, especially, you know, for those of us who aren't super into rap, the the parts about the rap, he talks about how he even thought of the founding fathers assigning them different modern day rappers, you know, like I think he's talked about Hamilton being like um, Eminem. Uh And I'm like, I would have never in a million years known that. You know? yes. And so it, I know it. I appreciate all the wealth of information that's out there that helps me better appreciate it because I like knowing the backstory a lot. And so the more and more I read, even like little one-liners in the song lyrics that I don't think of, you know, and he talks about there's actually four meanings to this word. And, right, yes. And it's really, I grow in appreciation every time. I listen to it because of that. I also, and I've even mentioned Genius.com as being one of my awesomes of the week on the, on Sort of Awesome because of that fact that you can listen straight through the soundtrack and, and really be blown away by what an amazing work of art it is. But then when you do dig into lyrics, like on a line by line basis, maybe it's my, you know, English teacher, literature explicating heart that really digs that so much. But to look at, yes, like you said, that even just a simple line that could be considered like a throwaway line, it's actually packed with meaning. I just cannot even deal with how incredibly brilliant he is as a composer and Mm -hmm. in the way the whole production came together around that has been fantastic. So since we're talking about the show itself, Mm -hmm. we want to talk about that first and hang with us because even if you're not that familiar with the show itself, with the songs, with the characters, hang with us because later in this episode, we are going to talk more big picture, the universal themes, the parts of this musical that are really important to what we are experiencing in our culture right now. So hang tight. But Tish, first, I would love to hear from you. Are there certain songs that stand out to you that you're more likely than not to kind of listen to standalone or that you find yourself mm-hmm. humming uh, as you're going around town or whatever? It is hard. It's like picking my favorite kid because <laughs> there's yes. so many good ones. <laughs> um, it kind of depends on the mood I'm in. Okay. You know, we've already mentioned a few that are more like show tunesy that are earworms. Yes. And we jokingly around here talk about Hamilton parenting, you know? And so Uh we have these little family inside jokes about the room where it happens Mm -hmm. and, you know, Reed and Finn are, my two sons are off in the back room and something breaks and I hear screaming and, you know, we'll come in and he was in the room where it happened and, you know, just (laughs) such nerdy. Oh my gosh, the nerd. Um, (laughs) So, you know, there's that kind of thing, but I think in terms of just like the overall musical, the, the things I appreciate, 
something I've learned about myself, specifically this past year, is that I really grow to appreciate works of art whenever I understand the backstory of how it was written and yes. the backstory of the writer. So I think one of the reasons I like Hamilton so much is because Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote it, you mm-hmm. know, the son of immigrants yes. and a genius who comes from this borough in New York that's sort of unsuspecting. That kind of stuff, I ma- it makes me appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. And so the songs that I think I ultimately appreciate the most are the ones that have these lyrics like Guns and Ships. Oh, yes. So, uh-huh. you know, that song, of course, I can't really sing along to it. Right. <laughs> because it's like, what, like 6.3 words per second or I something th- like that? It's broken some record. Right. Musical record of most words per second. I don't understand the music, but like the beats or whatever it is. Yes. <laughs> David Diggs is just this genius who can take these lyrics and sing them and rap them not only beautifully, but with a French accent. With a French <laughs> accent. <laughs> Which is hard to do on its own when you're speaking in a normal speed. And so I really appreciate that song because of just the talent involved. And yet there's so many, there's so much history packed into that one song. Getting the French involved with our revolution, him convincing Washington to get Hamilton involved. And so I would say that one is a top one. You know, as much as I I love the Schuyler sisters, and I'm assuming you might talk about this one some, but um, I actually really appreciate the very last song, Who Lives, Who Dies, Who (laughs) Tells Your Story, because... I I just get shivers thinking about ultimately one of the key messages is the women, Mm -hmm. you know, of this story that it was the women who made this, not just the, I mean, the American Revolution, but they're the unsung heroes. Right. And that Lin-Manuel elevated them to being the grand finale. And this message of who tells your story, history is so much about perspective Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. about where you're getting your history from. And so this last song is, it just ties up the musical so well and kind of, I don't know, is almost like a foreshadowing of the rest of our American history. You know, all the stuff that's to come mm-hmm. when it comes to slavery, women's rights, um, right. how we think of our founding fathers, you know, with rose colored glasses when it comes to slavery and things mm. like that. So yes. I just love that song and um, just the message it, it leaves us, you know, as listeners. So those two are the ones that stand out to me, but man, there's a lot of songs I love. I really love just about all of them. I do too. In fact, a friend texted me this week. She had just started listening to Hamilton. She was like, what are your favorite songs? And I was like, what? I cannot even, <laughs> there's no way possible that I could choose one. The Schuyler sisters have become super important to me. And I'm sure you can relate to this because our oldest daughters are the same age. Super important to me in the way that my girls are learning from those songs. So the Schuyler sisters, their song, especially, we kind of sat down and talked about because, you know, they cannot even fathom that there was a time in our country where women couldn't vote or women couldn't be running for president or the governor of our state right now is a woman. They That is the world they have been born into. They cannot fathom that in, you know, Revolutionary War America, how little voice and influence and impact women had in a public way. You know, we have Angelica and Eliza. And again, I even dug up Peggy's story to tell them. And we've talked about that a lot. So that one is a favorite. I like that one standalone. My girls mm-hmm. really love it too. I love just Helpless, which is Eliza Schuyler Hamilton's sort of love song about, you know, meeting Alexander. 
just yes. as a hopeless romantic, I love that. And it's so fun the way it personalizes the life and times of these the people that were living in Revolutionary War. We don't think about them, you know, like actually falling in love. But if you go back and look at Alexander's letters to his wife and about his wife and into the other members of the Schuyler family, it's it's very compelling. And so that one's a fun one just to turn on and listen it to. Is and- good. That's Tate's favorite, my daughter's. Yes. So yeah. fun. We're both ENFPs, I think. Right, so. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's feelers. Speaks, yes, it speaks to our feeler hearts for uh-huh. sure. Um, truly, I do. I am just blown away by score of the musical. It is. It never ceases to just overwhelm me. So yeah. um, character-wise... I mean, I was talking about the Schuyler sisters. Are there any characters that kind of stand out for you that you have been impacted by? Like on a personal level, their stories being told in Hamilton. I really have grown to appreciate Eliza. Angelica is sort of the sassy one or the one mm-hmm. with the uh, personality that everybody loves to be around. And and I like her a lot too, but I love Eliza's just quiet. Mm. Um, not that she was quiet. She was very strong-willed and mm-hmm. I just appreciate everything she went through. She was willing to put her foot down when it came to yeah. her relationship with Alexander. Mm-hmm. And yet she she still loved him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't know what's a spoiler alert or not, because, you know, it's history. It's history, um, <laughs> yes. I, think we, I don't think we have to do spoiler alerts. Right. <laughs> so whenever he has this affair mm-hmm. and she sort of kind of kicks him out. I mean, not really, because this is revolutionary era. You yes. don't, women don't do that. Yeah. Yet she puts up boundaries, you know, and right. then she welcomes him back though. And then she has her own thing. Yes. I love that she, you know, she started this orphanage that is still around in New York City. No, yes. And I love, that, I love that she was just this quiet, I don't want to say unsung hero because we've all gotten to know her better because mm-hmm. of this musical. But I just like, I mean, honestly, before this musical, I didn't know who she was. Right, and, totally. And she's, and it just makes me think how many more women are, are like that in our history that we will never know about the side of heaven um, that just did amazing stuff like that. Yes. And so to me, she represents a lot of what um, makes our country great. Right. These unsung heroes. And I, maybe I've always just had a heart for not, I mean, she's not really an underdog either, but I always like underdog kind of stories. Sure. And she's a little bit reflective of that to me in this musical. So she's one that stands out. I like a lot of the characters, but how about you? Who are some of your favorites? I have to tell you, I know he's the sort of anti-hero and he's the one who shoots Alexander Hamilton. But my heart belongs mm-hmm. to Aaron Burr. Totally, I get it. Totally. Totally. And I've been thinking about, like, I was even, like, trying to scribble notes to myself. What can I even say about Aaron Burr? When, he, when Leslie Odom Jr. won the Tony for his portrayal of Aaron Burr um, as a lead actor in, in a musical, I tweeted this. And, and this is actually so true. And I, I'm, like, searching to find a way to, to put this into words. But his, Leslie Odom Jr.'s Aaron Burr has profoundly changed my life mm-hmm. in that um, so if, you have, if you're not familiar with the, the musical, you should know that Aaron Burr, again, all of history knows that he is the one who killed Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. Spoiler in the alert. Yes, spoiler alert. Right. Um, but he narrates the musical. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber's musicals are probably best known. He has some key musicals where the sort of villain is the narrator of the musical. It really builds a lot of empathy and compassion in the audience when your narrator is mm. the anti-hero. And mm. so... Lin-Manuel Miranda uses that technique of having Aaron Burr narrate the story. And from the beginning, you can see and hear that Miranda has so much compassion and empathy for Aaron Burr's plight. Miranda has talked about the fact that he feels like the two best songs he has ever written in his life are Wait For It and The Room Where It Happens. And (gasps) both of those belong to Aaron Burr. And I feel like that that 
really conveys that he, that Miranda understood Aaron Burr, who was an orphan by the time we meet him in the musical. His parents had both died. If you look at his story, like not only his parents, but grandparents, other beloved family members, as his story plays out, um, he, he falls in love with a married woman. Her husband eventually dies and they get married. They have a daughter named Theodosia, who then dies in a shipwreck. I'm like, Aaron Burr. Bless your heart. (laughs) He had a terrible (laughs) life. And history remembers him only for, you know, killing uh, Alexander Hamilton in this duel. But so from the beginning, we see Aaron Burr as being this very measured, very cool, very Mm -hmm. um, not really withdrawn, but he is not willing to take a stand. Um, He has some really, you know, powerful lines, like right before um, Alexander Hamilton sort of sings his anthem, My Shot, we have Aaron Burr saying, you spit, I'm a sit, we'll see where we land. And it's, uh-huh. that's just like his thing is that he's just going to sit back and let the action play out. But as the musical goes on, we see Burr's growing frustration with everything that's happening to other people. Nothing's happening for him and not really like making that connection that he is so determined to wait for it and to be on the sidelines that he gets so frustrated by the end of the musical when he is singing in that scene where he does end up killing Alexander Hamilton. You just hear all of this emotion just break through the surface. So he goes from the in the beginning of the musical from being very cool and very measured to just completely, you know, so emotional by the end, Um, which as somebody like as a Enneagram type nine peacemaker who is very much geared towards sitting on the sidelines, towards not seeing how my involvement could ever make a difference, Um, not even believing that my involvement in a situation would make a difference. I just related to Burr's plight so much. And then the added layer, and really why I just adore Leslie Odom Jr. so much, is when you read the articles and the interviews he's given, he did not wait for it when it came to this role of Aaron Burr. He went after it hard. He, you know, showed up for workshops, having prepared the music, had prepared his personal interpretation of how the staging should go. Like he was relentless in securing this role. And he also, he gave an interview on Pop Culture Happy Hour's Small Batch. I was going to bring that up. Mm -hmm. Yes, is so amazing. I will put a link in the show notes. He talks about safety versus being dangerous in your art and what you're creating and how sometimes you have to unlearn your education in order to take chances and take risks when you're creating art. Honestly and truly, his words, I still think about that interview months later. They have stuck with me. I think he is such a wise and talented man that I just, I cannot, I could go on. I could do a whole episode (laughs) about Aaron Burr and Leslie Odom Jr. I know. His his acceptance award or his acceptance speech at the Tonys, I was bawling. And, you know, I'm not a crier, but just, well, I I really appreciate Leslie's um, personality. I, I feel... I I mean, I kind of feel like I identify with him a little bit with this relentless kind of pursuit of what you want and yet willing to be quiet and behind this. He doesn't have this dynamic flamboyant personality at all. He's the ultimate professional. Mm -hmm. Um, Not saying I am. I'm just saying I can appreciate. I look to him as sort of this archetype of like, that is the kind of professional I would like to be, you know, prepared and yet so humble. And what he said to Lin-Manuel about... um, Gosh, I might even start tearing him now. Just God's call on your life. Yes. You know, he's, he made some comment about that. Like, mm-hmm. I am so 
in awe of God's call in your life, mm-hmm. just that he would um, take this, you know, Tony Award, which is the big, big deal, yes. and redirect it towards the man who gave him the ability to be Aaron Burr. Yes. And I like that you brought up Enneagram because I'm a type three who I, I can appreciate Aaron Burr as well. This idea of um, being driven by the desire to succeed right. and mm-hmm. <laughs> constantly not happening. Right. And even to be bait and switched by mm-hmm. these people that not so much that you trusted, but that the system itself isn't even working for you. Right. You know, the, the part where who is Hamilton going to endorse mm. or who is he going to vote for, however mm-hmm. they called it. And he, I mean, just Aaron Burr cannot get a break. I know and it. I, I know. know. And so I appreciate that as well. And I do wonder what it would be more like right then and there, how we would feel about people like Jefferson and, and Burr. And Jefferson's an interesting person to me too, because I've always admired Jefferson. Mm-hmm. I've always thought of him fairly highly. Mm-hmm. I liked his laissez-faire approach to politics and he's just a genius, you know, in his inventions and all of that. But I appreciate that they've given him a not so picture perfect portrayal here. Right. Yes. You know, I mean, and of course I've always known his involvement with slavery, but sure. it really drove that home. I think like he was one of the few founding fathers that really, relied on slavery, you know, for his, Mm -hmm. for his plantation and didn't do much about that. And so Mm -hmm. I don't know, I appreciated that he wasn't painted with the, you know, elevation that we see in so many other history texts or movies and things like that. I think Miranda really made a point to show the dichotomy between some of, like you said, some of the founding fathers, as they're speaking so eloquently about the importance of freedom, all the while, condoning and employing slavery as a means to their wealth and and success yeah. so and the women's you know i love that line in the schuyler sisters um yes. about you know including them in the sequel i forget how it goes yes. um that that bit i just love that little burn to jefferson yes know? absolutely yes. <laughs> yeah yeah yep. Oh, my goodness. So much good stuff there. Okay, well, we've kind of touched on a few of these things. But one of the great things that makes this such a deep and um, powerful work of art is that there are themes that are dealt with from the beginning of the musical to the end that Miranda just weaves into the narrative of the story over and over. What are some of the themes, Tish, that stood out to you or have stood out to you as you have listened to and enjoyed the musical? Well, you know, I think with works of art, the ones that do the best job are the ones that feel like they tap on universal truths, but are also deeply personal, you know, ones that are like, oh, that gets me where I am. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of light of history, like where we are right now in our history and everything happening right now, I think the themes um, that stand out for me, there, the idea of like, are you going to be passive or are you going to take action? And what does that look like? What does taking yes. action look like? Does For some people that, I mean, it looks like different things to different people. You know, when you look right. at the different characters of what that meant for Hamilton, what that meant for Jefferson, what it meant for the women, um, not everybody took action in the same way. Some people were meant, you know, Lafayette was meant to be the the military help and Washington was meant to be the, the genius of orchestrating the war. Other people were meant to be, you know, just in different places. And so what does that mean for me here? Mm-hmm. What does that mean in light of some of these somewhat controversial things happening in our world today? You know, the the election that we're, that we're in the middle of, um, the Black Lives Matter stuff. What does that say about where we are now? You know, right. and I guess there's also the idea of passing of time. Like we, we can look at old stuff and say, like, look how far we've come, mm, you know, right. you know, slavery, I cannot believe it. But then, 
to be in a place where we still are hearing stories that just we can't believe are happening in 2016. To me, there's just so much to think about with those big picture themes. And then what does that mean for me? Mm-hmm. And um, what role am I going to play in today's world? You know, I really appreciate how the founding fathers and the American Revolution can um, impact my life directly in that way, thanks to Lin-Manuel. And I think maybe that's one of his messages. You oh, know, yeah. I love I love the line immigrants, we get the job done. Right. You know, I feel like that is just a little twist Uh that he adds in there. He didn't have to add that because Lafayette technically wasn't exactly an immigrant, but he he also is. And I just like that he adds those things because it makes you think like, oh yeah, I've heard about immigrants lately. You know, we we talk about that some and what, what is my interpretation of that? And, Mm. you know, so I just appreciate all the nuance there for life application. How about you? Totally. I just, I am blown away all the time by the way he he works these themes in. You have this idea of legacy. Legacy drives so much of what the characters are motivated by, especially Hamilton and Burr. And so looking at their determination, especially Burr feels so careful and like almost burdened by his legacy. And Hamilton approaches life with like nothing to lose. Like he came from actual nothing and lived his whole life with nothing to lose in his pursuit of what he was doing to get this country off on a good start. His passion for his beliefs and his ideals. You just see that played out in two different ways, two different approaches to the idea of legacy. Um, Time is one Mm -hmm the passage of time, how how little time. And I think that's especially mm-hmm. powerful for, for someone like Hamilton, whose life, again, was cut off very short. The idea of how quickly time passes and what we're going to do with the time that we have. Another one, and you kind of alluded to this when you're talking about Eliza, is the idea of narrative and like controlling the narrative. So there's this part where after Eliza finds out about Hamilton's affair, which, P.S., that song that describes the affair is the only song on the soundtrack that I do not let my children listen to. <laughs> okay, that was going to be a follow-up question for me. So we can talk about that in a minute, okay. how, you, how you listen with your kids. Right, Go right, ahead. right. Okay. But so Eliza chose, she had a moment of clarity and chose to have the agency real-life Eliza Hamilton, to Mm. burn her letters that that would have explained for us how she responded to the news of her husband's affair. And so I've seen some really great pieces written about Eliza choosing to control the narrative. She even, Miranda even gives her a line in that, in one of the songs, in, in the song Burn, that she's choosing to take herself out of the narrative. That was like the only way that she could exercise agency in that moment was to say, you know what? No, nobody gets to have access to what my personal response to this was. And then, like you said earlier, the way that they close the show with this idea of who lives, who dies, who tells your story, encouraging all of us to think about what narrative we're building in our lives and mm-hmm. what that narrative is going to be when we're gone. And again, kind of ties into that idea of how little time that we have on this planet. Are we going to choose to be passive? Are we just going to sit back and let things happen? Are we going to step up to whatever the challenge is and insert ourselves into the narrative and, and how that's going to play out? So mm-hmm. not to and mention, love- well, not to mention too, the whole idea of revolution, which I'll get to more thoughts on that in a minute. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> Yeah. And I like that you even brought up Eliza burning her letters because I think of today, you know, if this were to happen in a public office, immediately there would be expected to, you know, for her to respond. Right. You know, I like that she took what little control she 
had, you know, in that sort of era with women and did what she needed to do. And I appreciate that. And that couldn't happen now. You know, so true. Okay. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit? Both of us have children who love the musical. I've definitely seen people who've expressed some concerns totally rightly, because you should know if you've not experienced Hamilton before, that Miranda does not he doesn't hold back in his use of um, language that you might not want your kids to hear. But I mean, for my part, I feel like he uses it in a totally appropriate way. It's never gratuitous. Mm-hmm. It's always fitting to the characters in the musical. But that's, you know, every family has to decide for themselves what their comfort level is there. So, yeah, I'm happy to talk about how we listen with our kids. Oh, you know, it's just a side note because somebody asked me a few days ago on Facebook, you know, is this a, is this appropriate for kids? And it's like, I don't know how to answer that because it's truly a case-by-case thing depending sure. – you know your kids – and it's not like we we don't use language in our home. We we discourage that. And yet there are times and places that it makes sense. And mm-hmm. so uh, my daughter, 11 and a half, is at the age now where she has heard these words. Oh, yes. It's not like she yes. doesn't know these words. Mm-hmm. And we don't use them in the house. And she knows that they're um, not okay. However, we also now are talking about nuance mm-hmm. and that there are times and places where it makes sense, specifically revolution yep. and specifically rap. Yes. You know, and rap is the language of revolution. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense that it would be there, especially when people are angry. And the American Revolution, people were angry. And we forget that sometimes because we're allies with the Brits now. Mm -hmm. And... We lo- you know, we're Anglophiles. We love Britain. Sure, and yeah. yet we are, their thumb was on us mm-hmm. and we were not given fair representation and we were the underdogs. Yes. And it is understandable. Right. <laughs> and it makes so much sense why Lynn Manuel used rap. And so we talk about that as sort of a pretext for the message that, okay, Tate, yes, these are words. Hercules Mulligan did say those things. <laughs> yes. And that's not okay. <laughs> yes. And yet, understand, he was a spy. He, right. you know, what he saw, what made them so mad, you yes. know. So that's how we discuss it. And But this is my daughter also. She is a good oldest child type who mm-hmm. isn't going to take this as license to go and then just right. be a certain way. So it's how do so you guys true. handle that? Well, we're the same way. And um, both girls, so my daughters are 11 and, and 8, and we started with that same thing is that both my girls go to public school. These are not unfamiliar words to them. And so I, there's not that shock factor there. I totally get it. Like when I was growing up, when I was my daughter's age, I would not have had any experience with those words really, but my kids already do. And we, we've already, so we already have a foundation in our family of like talking about those words and just like, Mm -hmm. okay, these are, this is a word and uh, it's not appropriate because of this and we don't use them, but they're not unfamiliar. So we already had kind of worked through that issue. And we also, it's the same thing, Tish. I talked to them about how, um, how intense this moment in history was and how big the feelings were and how sometimes the only way to convey that is through using stronger language like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I do. I will say that the only song that they haven't listened to, and they don't actually make a big deal out about, about this because they know it's a little like, it's a little awkward to even have your mom talk to you about it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> is, uh, is Say No to This, which is where mm-hmm. Alexander and Maria Reynolds uh, really kind of, in an explicit way, goes through their affair. And again, I feel like it's done for adult audiences in a totally appropriate, non-gratuitous way. But that's where that's a boundary line for our family. So I just have told them, um, and again, they kind of already were familiar with the idea of what a, an affair means and what it means to, you know, be in a marriage and 
all of that stuff. So we just kind of talked about what happens in that and how it affects the rest of Hamilton's life and career. We talked about that, especially because a song that Eliza, my daughter, and I both love so much is um, It's Quiet Uptown. Uh, The first time she listened to it, we both were just sitting there, both of us just (laughs) sobbing, (laughs) tears running down our face. But so to understand the power of It's Quiet Uptown, you have to understand what had happened in Alexander and Eliza's marriage and and why Philip was in a duel, uh, the Hamilton's oldest son, why he was in a duel defending his father's honor and how that adds to the impact of the sorrow of both Alexander and Eliza um, after his death. So anyway, we have talked around that issue for sure, but I didn't feel the need for them to actually experience that song to get the emotional weight of what was happening. That is really smart. And I'm not sure Tate has listened to that song either. And I appreciate the bringing up the sexual innuendos Mm -hmm. in Hamilton. I Mm -hmm. feel like there's also some of this because it's not, they don't overtly show anything, Mm -hmm. obviously, Mm -hmm. that a lot of it is stuff that at least Tate at her age is just not picking up. Oh yeah. yeah you know, totally. there's, there's these little lines here and there yes. that are, are have double meanings. Mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. doesn't get that second right. meaning at all. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know? And so, yeah, there it's there mm-hmm. for sure. And mm-hmm. as adults, we hear it and we think, sure. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about the founding fathers here, but <laughs> the kids, they, they aren't, you know, I, I have a feeling, you know, in 10 years, she'll be listening to it. Yes. She'll be like, oh, I can't believe that. <laughs> no, like, that's what I was going to say, too. We've all had that moment with like pop music that we hear later as an adult. We're like, what? Yeah. And my parents let me listen to that. It's that yep. thing that kids, they just if they don't tune into it, you just let it go. And then someday they'll figure it out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I have an eight and a half year old, too, my son, and he likes listening to it. But he's he listens to the music part of it. Right. Yes. He likes to dance around yes. and, you know, the the fun peppy stuff. So, you know, we can't underestimate, you know, I think I've heard wise parenting advice of making sure you answer what they ask, you know, um, that sometimes we read into deeper things Uh whenever they are just asking more surface level things. I think the same could be said with just appreciating art. Mm -hmm. You know, there is something to be said about just appreciating while he's rapping really fast, or this is a good beat. You know, my kid, my six-year-old goes around singing Alexander Hamilton. You know, he has no idea what he's singing. So there's also that part that's just fun to appreciate with kids, just good music, you know? Oh, absolutely. That has been so fun that we have just the, the, my girls and I, the boys are three. They don't get it at all. Although they do like to sing along to You'll Be Back. They like the da-da-da-da-da part. All right. Of course. (laughs) But the girls and I have just bonded over this so much. We love to find all like the Ham for Ham videos on YouTube, which Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen the Ham for him videos every day there's a lottery um for tickets to hamilton because they're just so difficult to get your hands on so the cast will come out and do little skits and stuff that are so fun in those came for him series they've even done some digital ones tish i don't know if you've seen this one i hadn't seen it till this week there's a digital ham for ham where um it is hamilton washington madison and jefferson okay in the White House itself, in one of the rooms in the White House, in character, wrapping out one of the cabinet rap battles. Oh, I have got to see that. I put a I link in the show one. notes. It's not to be missed. And also, I don't know if you knew this, and I don't know if you're a fan of the West Wing. I feel like you're probably the... <sighs> 
it, that file that under a, a show we can talk about later that I did not watch. Okay, okay, okay. I want it was so to. popular. <laughs> yeah, because it was so popular, and then I want to because everyone tells me I would love it. So uh, yeah, I, I feel ashamed that I haven't, and I know I would love it. So yeah. well, um, Miranda has talked about being influenced by Aaron Sorkin's writing and just the whole yes. like, political dynamic of the West Wing. So anyway, they do the rap battle, and it is wrapped, but it also has a very distinctive West Wing feel to it that is just. I love it. Love it. I love it. I get enough of what you mean by that. And I know there's there's a lot online, too, about the West Wing Hamilton. Yes. um, You know, Ham Wing kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I'm totally into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. We've talked about the show itself. But Tish, one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you about, I have lots of friends who are total Hamill fans just like me. But I wanted to talk to you because you and I both tend to really like to look at big picture issues when it comes to life and culture, all of those things. So let's talk a little big picture. What do you think it is about this musical that is so magical for so many people? Well, I think there's there's several things. But one thing I appreciate is Lin-Manuel being the son of immigrants. He is, for all intents and purposes, he's a genius, but he's also one of us. Right. You know, he is a regular guy. He did not have some kind of upper class upbringing. He was very smart. He went, you know, he he had a great education and his parents are brilliant, but he he didn't have a leg up at all, like right. many of us feel like we don't. And so I think Hamilton is the first musical in my memory um, that is for us, mm, you know, mm-hmm. us regular types. Mm-hmm. It's it is very cerebral and very it makes you think, but it's also very accessible and very mm. approachable. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I love those stories of hearing from high school kids who weren't into h- history at all, but now it's brought life to them and history teachers using Hamilton. And I just love that so much that it's leveled the playing field for um, making our history and our legacy more understandable and interesting. Yes. You know, he has made it interesting for us. I mean, I love those stories about when he was first creating it and people talking about, you know, he, how he would bring up this idea of, I want to write a musical <laughs> about Alexander Hamilton. Um, right. That sounds ridiculous. Right. And he would even <laughs> say, he would even say like, he's like the most hip hop guy who ever lived. And people are uh-huh. like, wait, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Right. And you know that one, um, the Hamilton mixtape where yes. he was first at the White House back yes. in what, 2009? 2008, 2009, somewhere Whenever there, yeah. it was. You know, it almost seemed like a joke, like right. a parody yes. of some sort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, he just stuck, Lynn Manuel stuck at it and created this whole musical around it that I think we can appreciate him. We can appreciate, you know, and I think he, he levels the playing field for these founding fathers that we've elevated mm-hmm. so much. You know, they're on our money and they created our country and yet they are faulty they're they have they're not perfect you know and this musical shows that and then I think I appreciate I always love it when people get a huge amount of success and yet stay true to their themselves yes you know and Lemon Well still chats with people on Twitter all the time he he is a very normal guy still and Mm -hmm. I love that so much and so he is very accessible yes and I appreciate that a lot so that that's one of several theories I have about why so many people like it what do you I think I totally co-sign all of that, first of all. Uh (laughs) Secondly, I 
I noticed this because I love music. And so I tune into the actual, like the parts that make up the whole of music. I So I noticed some of this, but it wasn't until we I saw a thread of discussion about Hamilton in our Sort of Awesome Hangout group where we had some actual like musical experts, like musicologists talking about the structure of the music. Mm. And it put together a lot of puzzle pieces for me. There are so many motifs that are repeated throughout the score of Hamilton. So you have like little strains of music, like several bars of music that'll just, you know, from the beginning, from those opening um, lines of music to the end, you have some repetition going there. You have motifs, even single words that are repeated, like boom is repeated Mm -hmm. at very strategic points all throughout the musical. And shot, (laughs) shot. People's names and the way names are sung and the way names Mm. are dealt with is Mm -hmm. very specific. And so I think that you have this, when when you take a step back from it, it's so magical because there is this stunning sense of coherency through the whole thing. Now, lots of Broadway shows kind of do that thing with playing around with reprising a song, you know, at the yeah. end that they've done earlier in the show. That's not like brand new information for anybody. But sure. the fact that he can take something as molecular as a word and work it in throughout the musical is just so amazing. And again, I've said this before, but I really do believe the more you listen to it, the more you experience it, the more in love you fall with it because it is just so brilliant the way mm-hmm. that he does it. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, you know, he's also, he's t- he talks a lot about that on Twitter. You know, sometimes he'll just say, I don't know if any of y'all noticed, but this one particular line, uh, you know, you brought up West Wing. He's even talked about how this one line comes from this one obscure conversation on the West Wing uh, and a link to this YouTube clip. Yes. And it's like, you know, how in the world would we have ever known that had you not explained that? But that is brilliant, you know? I know. So. And it's it's not only West Wing lines. It's like there's like Shakespeare in there. There yeah. are scripture references. Oh, yeah. So many allusions to all these different works of art that you're just like, how can one man be so smart? It's incredible. I know. He really is the next Andrew Lloyd Webber mm. um, easily. I mean, easily. I think he could surpass him, you yes. know? Yes. And it, it's really fun to to be, you know, you almost feel like you're part of that sort of arts history watching it happen. Like, you know, the, how lucky we are to be alive right now. It's just so cool. It's like, I, I don't know. He's one of us. And it's, I, I love elevating people who deserve it, you know, and he deserves it in every way. I agree. I was going to ask you next too, like, why are fans so invested? But I think that his personality alone, like you said, his accessibility, um, the way he kind of just still makes himself as a person accessible to so many people, his Twitter account, and then also you've got Twitter, like fans accounts. If you've ever searched the Hamilton tag on Tumblr, you can go down many a rabbit trail <laughs> on Tumblr. People are so fanatical about it. And I honestly think that when you see Lin-Manuel Miranda, like um, with Jimmy Fallon or just, you know, wherever, even doing the ham for hams, the man exudes joy. And there is no doubt that he is so joyful as a human being. And he is so proud of and so um, in love with the work itself I think that in this culture that we're in right now, we are craving that sense of joyfulness, that we don't mm-hmm. get enough joy. And because he, as sort of the face of the show, is out there so much, um, just having so much fun with it and being so playful with it. And yet, at the same time, you know that the man is an absolute genius. Yeah. It just, fans adore him and, and yeah. the music itself. And I love that he is taking 
his current popularity and doing good stuff with it. You know, he's a big advocate for education. He's a big advocate, you know, right now with the Puerto Rican uh, debt crisis. crisis. I I love that he just spoke to Congress and basically offered them Hamilton tickets in exchange for help. (laughs) Oh my gosh, not everyone can do that. And I love that he did that. Yes, so much. Okay, the last question I wanted to ask, and I know you have thoughts on you too, and you've kind of alluded to some of this already. There's a line in, uh, in my shot where Hamilton says, this is not a moment, it's a movement. And I feel like that is so meta in a lot of ways, because I feel like a lot of the themes that he touches on in Hamilton speak to some movements that are happening in our culture right now. So ultimately, why do you think Hamilton is so important for where we are in our culture right now? Well, it's no coincidence that everybody in this musical are people of color, you know, I mean, that is very intentional. Yeah. And it's very, um, you know, you think that doesn't make any sense. Why would you purposely do that? And yet it makes complete sense that these people, um, you know, they're white in our history are played by the people in our culture, you know, there are occasional exceptions, but for the most part are the people that have to work harder mm-hmm. to enjoy the same privileges that you and I get to. Right. And I love that he, you know, Lin-Manuel purposely casts these people. And I mean, man, for such a time as this, who would have thought that in everything happening, not just racial issues, but immigration, mm-hmm. the election, so much happening, that this musical is right you know, coasting along at the same time, it can't help but make you think about where we've been as a country, as a rather young country. Mm -hmm. And you think how far we've come and yet how far we still have to go. Right. You know, and that you watch this, these beautiful people playing Jefferson and Washington and Hamilton that probably would have been slaves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or, or not, not, these elevated politicians at all um, playing these people and, and getting the success that they rightly deserve. And yet we have to ask ourselves every time we listen to it, every time we watch it, like, what does this say about where we are right now as a country, Mm -hmm. you know, as Americans, um, man, it is important to think about these things. And I, I have a wide spectrum of friends and family members who think different things, but there are some, I feel like right now as a country, we need to do a much better job of just listening, listening to the other side. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. and Hamilton asks us to listen, just listen to how we started, listen to these people playing these parts, listen to these little roles and um, ask yourself, what does this mean to me? You know, Um, what are your, what is your place in history? Mm -hmm. Um, Who's going to tell your story? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many reasons it's important, but that's my, that's what comes to mind as most important for me. Right. Yeah. I, again, I totally agree. I think that if you listen to the musical, but don't dig in to the political relevance, you're really missing one of the heartbeats of the show. It is not a coincidence at all. The only two white characters, the only two white actors on stage are British. They represent the British point of view. And so I feel like if you can listen to the musical, to the score of Hamilton, And you can kind of, as an American, reconnect with the feelings of frustration about being oppressed under the rule of Great Britain at the time. If you can hear in their words the frustration um, that was 
being experienced by the colonists during that time and the desperation, the lengths that they were willing to go to, to free themselves from that oppression and how important freedom and independence was. And then if you can pull back a little bit and connect that to the movements that we are experiencing right now, I'm going to speak particularly to people of color, uh, although certainly this could be applied in lots of different frames of reference, but I'm just going to stick with that right now. It helps you to understand the heat and the passion behind a movement like Black Lives Matter. It helps you to stop and be like, okay, as a white person, I don't have to respond with, but all lives matter. Like I can sit back and I can say, oh, I get it. Like, I know, I remember from my history, from this country's history, the passion and the heat that the colonists felt in their desire to be liberated from England. And I can cross that bridge in my mind, you know, and realize that there is a groundswell right now from people of color, people who have been marginalized, people who have been oppressed, maybe not by me personally as a white person, but by the systems in place in our country that are that have promoted inequity and injustice for centuries in our country. It helps us, and I'm mostly just speaking to white people right now, like we can yeah. just like experience Hamilton and maybe hopefully like get it on a political level. Amer- the American Revolution was a revolution by white men for white men. You know, like women didn't, I mean, what, we didn't have a role in that as a white woman in that time may have experienced it on a different level. But so often in our history, when you talk about history, revolution is only acceptable when it's led by white people and it benefits white people. Mm-hmm. And Hamilton asks us to look at it because you're looking at characters and actors on stage. You're looking at actors who are people of color, who are showing us that a revolution is coming. And what are you? Go- what side are you going to be on? Are you paying attention to the fact that there are people who have been oppressed in our country who, who want to rise up? You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so for me, like, I just I feel like you cannot fully experience the magic and the beauty and the power of Hamilton if you are not tuned into what is speaking to politically as well. Absolutely. And, you know, not to get too divisive, but when we're in a place in our history, when we have a a political candidate who wants to build a wall Mm -hmm. and keep out immigrants and we are forgetting that this entire country is nothing but immigrants except for the natives, the native peoples. Yes. We are all immigrants. It, I mean, you can't help but look right at that and think like, you know, Hamilton came from the Caribbean. We are, and he's on our $10 bills, you know? (laughs) Right. Yes. And just the listening thing I think is the key. You know, it it is so easy for us to want to come back, especially in the age of social media where we have a response for everything. We are always right. You know, we're becoming more and more divisive that Hamilton just invites us to listen to these, you know, these brothers and sisters of ours that we are asked to not only be entertained by and just overjoyed by, but also really question what is what is going to be our role. What you know, I think of this when I'm listening with my kids in particular. Like, whenever my kids are adults and they ask, "What did you do mm. in this era?" Right. <laughs> you know, yes. you know, I, I think of that with my parents and the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. You know, if I were to ask them, "What did you do?" Right, and you know, of course they were kids, but I, I want to have an answer that I could be humbly proud of, you know, and not just say, I just turned a blind eye or I respond with, well, but all lives matter, don't forget. Mm -hmm. And instead of listening, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to be someone who can listen and then just take cues from these people that obviously know more than we do what it is like to be oppressed and listen to them of what they might, what might 
my role be that would be most helpful, you know, and come alongside them. And so I think that is the power of this musical. You know, it is so much more than entertainment. It really is. It really is. Well, we definitely got big picture there at the end. So I know. (laughs) (laughs) So we would love to hear from you, especially our Hamill fans. But if you even have not even listened to the musical, we still want to hear from you as well. Tish and I are both on social media. So we would love to hear your thoughts on our thoughts on Hamilton. So Tish, remind us where we can find you all around the web. Um, on Twitter at Tish, that's T-S-H, no I. And then everywhere else at Tish Oxenreiter, uh, last name O-X-E-N-R-E-I-D-E-R. I have the weirdest name ever. Um, <laughs> but uh, the site I run is The Art of Simple. The podcast is The Simple Show. It's all right there in one spot where you can find me. So just head there. So awesome. Tish, thank you so much for your time. This is the extra longest, extra awesome we've ever done. And I'm happy to do it for Hamilton. So really, thank you so much for your time and coming in today. Thank you. It was very fun. Thanks for listening to Extra Awesome. Show notes for this and every episode are available at SortaAwesomeShow.com. Don't forget you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at SortaAwesomeMeg. And you can follow the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash SortaAwesome. Until next time, stay awesome, my friends. Awesome.